0: Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla Speedtest Intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.
0: What's up, y'all? This is your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app That has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. You know the rules of the game You know the rules of the game I don't care what color Can you make me a hundred million? Let's talk money
2: Can you make me that? If you can't
0: make me that I'm gonna
3: talk to you You shouldn't even have this
0: tape I got money on my mind I'm just trying to get some dough I ain't picking up my line Unless it's money on the phone Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on.
4: I've been chasing after people, all I know is run money marathon. Do five years of this and be
0: a
1: millionaire and go on, do what I want to do, have kids go live my trip and join the games black like out here in Texas or struggle for next year. The choice is yours.
3: What's up guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show.
0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Black Wolf Renaissance podcast. Your boy, David Bellar, one-fourth of the Black Wolf Renaissance, checking in with my co-hosts. Fellas, how y'all feeling?
2: What's good? What's good? What's good? Your boy, Jerry, one-fourth of the Black Wolf Renaissance, checking in, man. I'm feeling good on this Saturday, man. I'm tired, you know, been getting to it.
0: Hey, I hear that, my brother. I've been up since 3 a.m. I've been getting it. I done went to work, went to community service. I feel you, bro. It's a good day. Good day to be Mm -hmm. up and alive and getting it. Jalen, how you living, my brother?
3: What's good? What's good, y'all? Man, I'm great. Not in the studio today. I'm not in the yo. I'm on the road, but I'm doing great, man. Traffic not too bad. It's a lovely day. Ain't too cloudy, ain't too hot. So it's great, man.
0: Yeah, man. It's a, I'm glad, man. It's a, another great episode we're about to have for y'all. We're about to dive into something that we hadn't before. We're going to talk about some e-commerce, into some real estate too. But before we hop into everything and I introduce, our guests, I, I got to ask everybody, as y'all know, make sure you like, subscribe, rate, comment, wherever you like, wherever you are. This is your first time listening, viewing. Thank you. Leave us some feedback. Let us know what you're thinking, how you feeling about the content. It helps us grow. And we want to make sure we're giving y'all the best content possible. Now, with that, I definitely want to hop into what we got going on with our guest today. So, today, we have a young lady up out of Birmingham, Alabama. She is an entrepreneur and investor, the owner of 24-7 Watches, Miss Maya Billingsley. Maya, how you doing? Message! Oh, damn. Message! <laughs> I fat-fingered it.
4: <laughs>
0: how you doing, Maya?
4: I'm good. I'm Happy to be on the show. Thank y'all for having me.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you coming on uh, and just come and chop it up with us. So Maya, the way we normally start these things, we just want to ask, like, I guess, to basically get like a brief introduction to yourself, mm-hmm. to the audience, and kind of how you got started with entrepreneurship.
4: Okay. So my name is Maya. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I'm, I almost said 20. I'm 30 years old. Just turned 30 last month in October. So I'm getting used to saying 30 now. <laughs> Born and raised in Birmingham, I went to Tennessee State University on a golf scholarship. Actually, I've been playing golf since I was seven, so I got a scholarship to go there. So shout out to TSU. I have a degree in economics with a minor in psychology. Right now, I still have a nine-to-five. I work in sales for a very large telemarketing company. So I've been there for almost five years now, but as far as entrepreneurship goes, I got to a point to where I felt complacent at my job, and I just knew I needed to do something. So one of my coworkers is a big watch collector, and I am too. I've always collected watches since I could tell time. So he put me on his watch brand, um, 17 Watches with Chris. So Mm -hmm. he said, follow him. He got some dope watches. So I started looking at his watches, and I came across his Twitter page, and he had started talking about how he started his business. So I just started changing my timeline to entrepreneurs because i was like i think i want to do this i just didn't know what i want to do yet so fast forward chris dropped his course on e-commerce i bought it and i went through the course in like a week and i got like a big bonus from work so i took that bonus from work and i got on alibaba and i ordered a bunch of samples and then i eventually ordered my inventory and we are now like three years later (laughs) so
0: <laughs> I love the start because it's just like that's it's so relatable and there's a lot of things in that it's just like too many people like can relate to their journey. Like mm-hmm. you at work, you work and you feel like man, this is one source of income. This is not yeah. enough. I gotta have something else coming in. So mm-hmm. the time you first you made that change in what you were looking at, then you invested in yourself. Yeah. And now look, you right. still growing, scale in the business and just Working at it, I love it.
3: Thank you,
4: thank you.
2: And I have a question from that story. So what were some of the first things, like pitfalls and difficulties that you had overcome with that?
4: With the watch business? um, Mm -hmm. The hardest thing for me to do was finding a target audience. That was the hardest thing. So for a while, I was just doing like random stuff. Just As far as like my social media page, I would just copy what other big watch brands were doing. And then... One day I was listening to a podcast. I forgot what podcast it was. I think it was Millionaire Mindset with Zay. Mm-hmm. I was listening to his podcast. And I forgot who was on there. But anyway, they was talking about rebranding. And then I randomly thought about 2 chains. I was like, 2 chains used to be Titty Boy. And then he just rebranded and blew up. I was like, I can rebrand too. And I was like, well, on my personal page, I always talk about building wealth anyway. So I'm going to just change my brand to that. It'll flow better. So I wiped my social media, page, like my business social media page and I just renamed my watches after Wealth Principles. So you got the fortune, the equity and the principle. I mean, I called it the Wealth Collection. So I just changed my target audience to basically black entrepreneurs. So it worked. It worked. I love that.
0: <laughs> in and focusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to take a step back because uh, you talked about like how you went on Alibaba, I ordered the shipment and yeah. stuff like that. Can we just kind of talk people through that process a little bit? Like, so, like, what is Alibaba for somebody that's not familiar? And, like, why would you go there?
4: Okay. So, I went there because Chris recommended it, of course. <laughs> Shout out to Chris. But Alibaba is, like, I guess eBay. That's how I was, you know, it's eBay for everything. So, you can order whatever you want out there. Like, I've seen Yeezys on there. Nike shoes, like anything you can think of, you can order, and that's where all the big brands order from. A lot of them use they use China to get all this stuff, and then they brand it and they sell it to us for, for astronomical price. But that's business. But um, <laughs> but going through all the watches, it started to get overwhelming because, of course, it's, it's so many watches. You got women's watches, you got men's watches, and then you can you know get watches that are like unisex. So, I ordered so many samples. But one shortcut that I found was usually the samples are branded. Just have a, they just have a random brand on there. So for anybody that's looking to get into a product-based business, if you see a brand on that specific product on Alibaba, you can take the name of that brand and the product and type it in Amazon. Usually it's always on Amazon and you can look at the reviews. And if the reviews are good, you know you can go ahead and order a customized sample. If they're bad, then you know to move on to the next product Whatever it is, so that's one shortcut that I found that saved me a bunch of money on just ordering random watches that weren't really good can, or that I, I didn't really like. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: a big hack. I ain't never would have thought about that one.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's a big hack. But other than that, getting used to staying up all night because of the time change to talk to the manufacturers on WhatsApp. That's pretty much how we communicate. So that was big. So I had a lot of sleepless nights to so had to get up and go to work in the morning. But that's it. Once you find a good product ordering it a book, they make it super easy usually you just have to pay like 30 percent down and um you just come up with the rest later when it's time to deliver it but well yeah they ship pretty fast when you order a big shipment of course they use DHL so I got the watches within like a week so it was pretty good pretty easy process
0: so I do want to know more about the watches so like you went in you got them you got the Mm -hmm. like you contacting these suppliers. How was the process, like, getting everything in order with that? Like, is it, I know you say you were up late nights. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure some type of language barrier or something here, because we're talking to people in China, maybe, like, you know, uh. accent issues. I don't know. Just what was, like, that, like, how does it go setting up? Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And with it, because, I mean, you said they have people who already have brands on these mm-hmm. products. Yeah. Like you just contact the supplier, send them your logo in.
4: Yeah. So I contact the supplier. I tell them, hey, you know, 24-7 watches. I'm looking for a quantity of, I just start off, I say 100 watches. I want my logo in the dial of the watch on the back and on the buckle. Um, and I send them, you know, the watermark file of my of my logo. And they pretty just pretty much just make it happen. I haven't had to deal with the language barrier. They, they're actually pretty good with their English, at least typing. I don't know. If I never talked to them on the phone, but at least texting, you know, their English is pretty good. So what they'll do, they'll send me pictures of what they will look like. And from there, I can decide if I want to get a custom sample, which I usually do. So I can go ahead and start the photo shoot process. So. Get a custom sample and we negotiate the price and they send them. But it's pretty straightforward. Usually, it probably takes me about, with a good manufacturer, maybe about two weeks just to iron out all the details and get them down to a price that I want because not only do they supply like the watch, they supply my packaging too. So I have to make sure that they get the logo right on the packaging and everything. But it's, I would say that's the easiest part talking to the manufacturers it can be overwhelming if you're dealing with more than one mm-hmm. but that's that's really the easy part
3: so what you're doing Maya it's mm-hmm. white labeling correct yeah okay uh yes, I have a so question. I put, could you break that down for the listeners what's white labeling versus drop shipping
4: yeah so with drop shipping you have a warehouse that just ships your stuff and it's not you can't put like your personal branding on it at all and a lot of times their shipping times can be like 10 to 14 days. Whereas with me holding my own inventory, I customize all my boxes and everything. I get it out to you within three to five days. And I say that, but I really deliver it in like two days because I use prior to shipping. But, but yeah, so that's, that's basically the process. You customize your shipping and you have full control over when your customers get it. You can keep track of when they receive it. So it just depends on what your preference is between drop shipping and holding all your inventory. I prefer to hold out mine because I have full control and I want to make sure, you know, that my customers get what they want. So that's different. I hope I answered Yeah, answer I like that answer yeah. too, <laughs> I
0: like one thing you said in there, yeah. where like you'll say you use the priority mail and you'll tell them three to five days, because that's another thing too. Like that helps your yeah. brand whenever yeah. it comes to actually holding inventory versus drop shipping like you're saying with drop shipping you don't have any true control over the means Mm -mm. of production or shipping you don't have anything but the way you and you hold your product you can Mm -hmm. actually yeah so with that now that like you got your product you got your your stuff from the people like how'd you get off the product because that's I guess that's everybody (laughs) hopping into the game right they like oh man what if I buy all this stuff and I can't sell
4: it yeah So I just, of course, I marketed on my social media. I played around with Facebook ads. I had some success with it, not a lot. I know how to set up my Facebook ads properly now. I got a course for it, so it's cool. And just promoting on social media, I would post like maybe three to four times a day. And I would, whoever was like in my niche, like my target audience, I would go and, you know, comment on that picture. So like, for example, I can go to y'all page and look at who commented or who liked y'all's posts. So anybody that like y'all platform, they're into entrepreneurship or they're thinking about it. So that fits the people that I'm trying to reach. So I will go and see who like, you know, your post, and I would comment and interact on some of that post. And most of the time they follow me, i say about 80% of those people will follow my page and they'll at least click on my site, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, and that's something that you have to keep as well. Like it probably takes, For every 30 people that visit my site, I usually get one sale. So it's important that you pay attention to your shop or whatever platform. I use Shopify, so you wanna pay attention to your Shopify numbers like that because you need to know that. You wanna get as many people on the site as possible.
0: Exactly, because it's it's good that you know that number because it's a numbers game. Like that's where you know like how you can scale this, how you can continue to grow, like what you can expect Mm -hmm. whenever you advertise.
4: Yeah, exactly. And I was actually yeah. going to
2: ask you that too. Like, how do you track those numbers? How do you keep up with that to figure out for every 30 people that are visiting mm-hmm. my site, I get one sale?
4: Yeah. When I was promoting like heavy running Instagram ads and just posting on my own three to four times a day, I noticed that I would at least get, at least get 30 people, on 25 to 30 people on the site. And I noticed I would at least get one sale for every, you know, 25 to 30 people on the site. So Shopify does a really good job of showing you those numbers, all the analytics and everything. And I also pay attention to my Instagram analytics as well to tell me how my audience likes when I post like tips on time management or tips on anything, tips on how to deal well, or they like when I post videos. It could be a clip of a podcast or I'm a huge Dane Dash fan, so I might post a clip for him, you know, things like that. So just paying attention to what, your audience likes and just delivering that to them over and over again and with e-com or with sales period it's really a long game because you know how many times do we you know look for something online and we might add it to the cart Mm -hmm. but we don't check out you know what I'm saying and then they'll send the email saying hey you forgot this so it's really the long game it might take somebody you know two weeks to buy from you 30 days 60 days it just depends but you got to keep you know putting putting your brand in their face basically so mm-hmm, definitely, definitely a long game
0: yeah definitely like gotta make sure you putting it in their face so you can create that customer lifetime value I know that's something mm-hmm. we've been learning a lot about with BWR just like really yeah work on that part of it so like can you talk to that part about the business like how are you creating you know those customers that come back
4: customers that come back mm-hmm. um I think Cause like you know, the like the abandoned cart customers,
0: you. like you know what I mean, like the people that'll be like, Oh man, right? Like I got it, but I, I left it and I just forgot about it.
4: Yeah, so I have it automated through my website to where to send you an email, like, Hey, you forgot this in the cart. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Typically, the method that I like to use really on Instagram is I interact with my followers, so if I see something. That they post on that page that matches my brand, I might share it to my story, or I might send them a DM and just build a personal relationship. It's not me asking for a sale or anything. I'm just mm-hmm. interacting with you. You know, I might like your shoes and like, hey, those are some dope shoes. Where did you get those from? You know, just showing them that I'm a real person. You know what I'm saying behind the brand, and I'm not just trying to like get your money, even though I am. But you get what I'm saying.
0: Hey. <laughs> no, but like that's super important. <laughs> Because we talk Mm -hmm. about that again a lot with social media. Everybody wants, like, you know, to get on social media and make money, but they got to understand that it is still social at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Like, whenever you talk to people, you provide value, you create relationships. That's where the value comes in.
4: Yeah. Yeah, so I just think it's really important to keep that relationship because they'll remember you. Like, oh, she told me, you know, happy holidays, and she commented on my son's picture, you know, whatever. People remember that yeah because the big brands they too big to do that so we got to set That's ourselves apart as smaller brands message <laughs>
0: i ain't fat fed that time
2: i <laughs> what I like oh. that though like finding that niche within you know a niche it's like okay cool mm-hmm. i'm in here where people you know are interested in watches and that they want you know this but I'm going to also separate myself from the big brands by being more, like, human, being more, Mm -hmm. like, interactive with my customers and stuff. So that's really cool.
4: Thank
0: you. Thank you. So, my, I'm trying to think about something else with this e-commerce thing. Like, so with your store, you figured out the formula, like, okay, this is how much, how many people I need to get to get a sale. Like, mm-hmm. did you, after figuring that out, like, what was your game plan, like, for somebody who trying to make mm-hmm. a sale? Like, like, what was your, like, game plan? Like, how did you set it up? Like, okay, this is what I'm going to do to make these sales, like, with these channels.
4: Honestly, I really didn't have a plan. That's something I need to work on. I need to work on being a better planner. As an entrepreneur, you have to plan, like, and you have to plan for the unplanned. But I was really just, just trying stuff. I was like, I'm going to just try to post four times a day, interact with at least, Maybe come in on at least 25 pages within my niche and I'm gonna see what happens. And that was the result. I can consistently get, you know, 30 people to my site if I post three to four times a day and get at least 25 comments on people's pages. So that's the formula. That's it. You just keep doing it and try to double it. It can be a lot creating all the content and posting it. Even if you use a scheduling app, it just it can get overwhelming if you're doing it by yourself. But if you can outsource that, I would say definitely do it so they can double your numbers. So, you know, just try to get it to like 60. And with those 60, you might get two or three people to buy something, Mm -hmm. you know. But I was just trying random stuff and I just figured out what worked for me and just kept on doing it. That was it. I didn't plan it at all. Through
3: that process, were you kind of playing with the prices of your product? How did you know that you priced your product at a good price point?
4: I priced my product based on basically on one of the other brands that I used to shop with frequently. And I think the price point is good for where my watches are right now. So I just based it off that and it, it worked. Every now and then I will run, you know, like a $50 sale. I would get a lot of sales off on that. So of course people like the flash sales, but, um, and also for the quality of the watch, I mean, cause you can spend really whatever you want on a watch. Um, So for mine to be priced lower and the value that I bring, I think that set mine apart. So like if you order a watch for me, I remove the links for you. So like as soon as you place the order, I'm going to text you for your wrist measurements. Or if you don't have like a tape measure, I can really tell. Like if I look at a picture of your wrist, I know how many links I need to remove or if I, you know, have to remove any at all. So I think that type of value will make somebody want to order more and it's like oh they only charging this I'm definitely going to order and they're going to come back or they might order two or three watches at a time you know because I provide mm-hmm. all that value and I'm going to get it to you in like two days so so yeah
0: Key, provide value look at the mm-hmm. service yeah yeah I don't think
4: any other watch company was doing that removing the links I was like yeah I know nobody doing this so I'm going to start doing it
0: Differentiation for sure yeah because I, I don't mm-hmm. know nobody that so, like, <laughs> do you let them send it back, too, or, like, they're just, uh, like, beforehand? You always just do well, it Well,
4: before. yeah, beforehand. Yeah, so, like, if you order a watch from me, I see the order, and I text you, thank you for, you know, supporting the business, and I ask you for a picture of your wrist or the measurements. Most people just do the picture. So I can tell by looking at your wrist whether or not I have to remove links or how many links I need to remove. And I just remove it, and I send it to you the next day. Yeah. It's really dope, but if somebody but needs to send it back again, Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, YouTube, man, like, it was, it's really easy. And I used to work at Macy's part-time, like, an undergrad. And so I used to work, they called it, like, the fashion jewelry section with all the watches. So they actually taught me how to remove links anyway. So I knew how to do it already. It's a little different dealing with wood watches, but it's kind of the same process. So it's, it's super easy. It's not hard, y'all. Because I know a lot of people don't wear their watches for a long time because, they don't feel like going to get the links removed. They don't know where to go. Like, I used to go to the mall and get my removed all the time for, like, $10. But I just bought the kit for $10. And now, you know, it's easy. I Me, mean, I wanted my customers to be able to put on that watch as soon as they get it. I do not want them to have to wait to get the links removed.
0: Like you said, added value. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, Mike, I do kind of want to hop into uh, the other part of the things you were telling us before. Like, what we got on, uh, we were just talking and you told us that you just recently got into your first mobile home investment. Our brother Jared also yeah. he got his uh first mobile home flip going oh, on. Oh,
4: cool.
0: First yeah. off, congratulations.
4: Thank you. <laughs> we
0: love to hear. We love to see new investments. So can we talk to the people about your journey with this? Like how was the journey of finding it? You know, all that.
4: Yeah. So the journey of finding it was, it wasn't that hard. I did have a business partner. Shout out to Jonathan. Um, So, he actually found the home mm-hmm. and I went out and looked at and we decided to go ahead and get it it was on a wholesale deal but what got me into mobile home investing I think I ended up following so many pages on Instagram but anyway I stumbled across mobile home elite investors um Byron and charney shout out to them so I stumbled across their page and I just started following them and going to their free webinars on Wednesdays and then I found this so I was like you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I like the returns that they send on the investments. And I grew up around real estate anyway. So I'm going to just go for it. So I ended up meeting Jonathan through a professional network that one of my friends invited me to. He said he was into it too. So we talked for a few months and then he was like, hey, what do you think about us, you know, going in together on some deals? I was like, let's do it. So that was it. We've been business partners ever since. So we've really been going through hell on this first deal. <laughs> we've had this home since July. And at first we were just gonna just sell it as is because we was getting a lot of inquiries on it. But we had so many deals to follow through on it because of you know a million reasons. So then we decided to fix it up. So we put new floors in, new paint, just fix the knickknack stuff in there. And it turns out the floors actually ended up bubbling because the subfloor was bad, which we kind of knew. But if we if we had replaced the subfloor we would have been in the hole. We wouldn't have been able to get that money back. So we just had to do what we had to do. But anyway, we got somebody willing to just move into it because they in a bad situation right now. So they just need somewhere to stay. So we'll be closing on that on Monday. So they're going to do a rent to own. They should be done paying for it in like a year and a half. So excited about that. So finding a mobile home is easy, Mm -hmm. but we just made a lot of mistakes. Even though we went through the course, it's so different once you get out there and you start doing it, Mm -hmm. you get excited and you forget certain things. But I will say one thing where I messed up is we should have had the home inspected before we bought it. That was the biggest mistake. If we would have done that, we probably would have passed on the home, honestly. We would have got something else, especially for a first deal. I wouldn't recommend getting a fix-up for a first deal unless you got buyers in your back pocket ready to get it. But it was a learning experience. I know the next deal is going to be easier. (laughs) but Definitely been going through hell on this one, but I'm excited about getting better at it, though. <laughs> like,
0: then at the very end of it, like, even though it was hell and all that, you still ended up closing out on the deal, you know, trying to work it out. So, like, what was it? Like, y'all going to make y'all money back on it? What was, like, the purchase price and what y'all had to yeah, put Yeah, yeah. So, the
4: purchase price was 5000
0: Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
4: We put about 13 total into it, so we got under contract for 20K. So, we'll do pretty good on it. we just ready to be done with it because the park, they're making stuff difficult. So, it's, it's a lot of stuff, man, but you got to keep going. That's what entrepreneurship is all about. You just got to, either it's going to work or it's going to work. So. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. i know uh
0: with Jalen and i we uh the first we was trying to wholesaling prior to bwr really taking off okay. that we, yeah. we were doing this and we mm-hmm. actually had got a trailer under contract ourselves we was trying to in this we fell in the same situation as you with that we ain't had no buyers right yeah. so we ended up being like pressed for we like man they don't want that much money we could just buy it ourselves so like mm-hmm. we connected investors we trying to find funding
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah I no got, I'm on history, that too. Go
0: no, to no, no connected investors. Don't don't mess with them. Man, we, we ended up like messing with this real don't shit. Don't
3: fuck with Donald Thompson. Don't fuck with
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up fucking with this real shady, shady ass uh lender. And like they're sending yeah. stuff over and we ended up like we sent them some money and then they was mm-hmm. like, hey yo, okay, yeah, I just need you to send me this and then we go start. And then after we sent it to them, they're like, I'm gonna need you to send me like but it was like we was like twelve hundred the first time, it was like twenty six hundred the next time, and then after that they was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna need like like." And then they were then like, they needed another
3: uh, thing yeah. to do to do
0: the fucking underwriting. I was
3: like, "Hell no, nah, right. man! Y'all y'all nah. playing now?"
0: Yeah, yeah like, I now. But like you said, that goes to just that not knowing, and mm-hmm. a lot of times when we talk about entrepreneurship, you know, we talk about like we like to interview a lot of experts and entrepreneurs and stuff like that in different yeah. But like that journey of it is still so true and it's so mm-hmm. real in that like none of us all have it figured out. Even the person that's like they are expert in their field, they don't have everything figured out. Like nope. there's gonna be things that's gonna go wrong, it's gonna be things that's gonna go left. But like you said, it's all about keep going. It's either gonna work or it's gonna work.
4: Yep. <laughs> exactly. So you, you just gotta be resilient. And um I think as entrepreneurs, we go through so many emotions especially from a mental health aspect, because I have days where I just, I don't feel like doing nothing. I don't want to go to my nine to five. I don't want to go on my business page. Like, I don't want to do none of that, but I still got to do it. And I think it's important to know when to take a break, you know, because I know like since 2020 started, I've been getting burnt out. Like every like six weeks, it's like clockwork. I get burnt out because I know I'm doing so much. So eventually I know I'm going to have to get really lean and just, really master something and go all in on, on one thing and I think I know what that's going to be but it's just too much you know because a lot of us are in a position where we don't make enough money to really scale the business how we would really want so you just you just got to make a choice and you can always come back to it later you know what I'm saying it's not the end of the world if you have to end one venture to focus all in on another one that makes more sense for the time being so I guess I kind of been finding myself at a crossroads with everything but it's cool. I, you know, I get through it. But yeah, it's, it's important to take those breaks.
3: Right. And that That's very important to speak to, because a lot of people, they'll say, you know, go hard, go hard. You know, I'm up 24 seven. I'm doing this. But at the end of the day, like you are human. You're not a machine. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. to have those periods where, you know, you give yourself some time to relax and really clear your mind because you need that. Are you going to run yeah. yourself
4: crazy? Yeah, you will. And I, I've done it multiple times. Like, your body will tell you, like, you need to rest. You so
3: how do you, you kind of, like, refresh yourself? What do you do whenever you find out, whenever you feel like, okay, this is too much for me? How do you know that? Like, what do you do as an entrepreneur to get yourself back into the groove, back to wanting to get it? hmm
4: You say, okay, well, to keep it PG. <laughs> You don't have to. <laughs> this, is, this is yeah. You can say you can say whatever you want to. Not for kids. Um. Really, what I do, I just I just relax. Like I probably stay in the house. And anybody that knows me, like I hate staying in the house. So I get cabin fever, which I really been in a lot of lately because I'm working from home. So I'm at home all the time. So I like to go to bars. So I go to some of my favorite bars around the downtown area, of Birmingham. And just relax and just try to meet new people and just be normal. Like I might not even, I might talk about my business a little bit, but not a lot. Just talk about regular, everyday stuff. Maybe something I see on social media that was funny. So I just kind of unplug like that. Or I'll just stay in the house and catch up on shows that I don't get to watch, you know, like during the week. But that's pretty much it. That's how I unplug. So if I do that for like three days, so like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm usually refreshed when Monday comes back around.
0: I'm thinking about you said something that it made me think about uh you said just being a normal person maybe think about the current times and everything <laughs> i was talking about with jailer uh the other day because yeah. we like this conversation about like really you know taking that step back relaxing opening like mm-hmm. just give yourself time to do other things yeah. like with covid i feel like you know with social distancing and all this shit like all that craziness it made a lot of people kind of fall back from a lot of the things we do normally And, Mm -hmm. like, we fall into that cycle of, like, really grinding even more, just being focused or locked in on, like, computer screens and TVs and stuff like that. Like,
3: yeah,
0: just getting outside and being, Mm -hmm. like, in the presence of outside is so crucial and necessary. It is. Yeah.
4: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I wish I made more time for golf because I play golf, too, and I said I was going to make more time for it this year, but I just, I didn't.
3: I wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you, because i noticed you said you went to school on a scholarship mm-hmm. for golf. How, how, how did that come about? Like, how did you find yourself
4: in that sport? Let me see. I started when I was seven. So, I went to private school most of my life until I got to high school. So, my school had a a golf team, mm. like a sign-up sheet. I was like, hey, who want to sign up for the golf team? And I was like, okay, this was back when Tiger Woods had like a heavy, heavy influence, like back in the um, like late 90s. So... I was like, well, I see Tiger Woods on TV doing it, you know, I can do it too, you know. So, signed up for the golf team, and we used to go to, like, this open field, like, down the street from the school, and we would just hit balls, and the grass out there was terrible. It was, like, extremely rough grass. So, it was hard to do, but, like, I had a natural golf swing. I guess from, like, watching Tiger, like, my swing mechanics were really good for a beginner. So, my folks ended up investing in, like, getting lessons for me, and I... Joined like a nonprofit group. It was called a First Tee program. They still have it in different cities. We won't have it in Birmingham anymore. But I joined First Tee, and they provided like golf clubs for us, and they let us play at some nice golf courses for free. And we can practice and play as long as we wanted to. So I pretty much just honed my skills. Went to different golf camps and everything. Started playing competitively. Won a few tournaments. Lost a lot of tournaments. And I wanted to quit golf for a while because of the racism that I experienced on the golf course. Like I was gonna ask about that. I was yeah. ask about like being <laughs> black in that environment. Yeah. That's
3: so, exactly why I asked this, because I, yeah. I have so much questions about this.
4: Yeah. Well, I don't know if black men get it a lot because there are a lot of black men that play golf, but it's rare that you see black women well, play to, golf. to be honest,
0: yeah. I don't see many black people playing golf. Like
4: you don't. Just, I do more so now. Really? I think it's the thing. I see a lot of young black professionals trying to take up the game now. Of course, there's still more white people that play, you know, but, and that's just by design and they, they priced us out the game. Like golf is extremely, extremely expensive. I don't even know how my folks made it happen, but like clubs, like the clubs that I got and I need some new clubs. Those clubs that I got in the back cost $1,600 and Right, and that's an old set, and I need a new one. So, like, if I go out and buy a new one now, I'm probably going to spend, like, for the driver and the putter that I really want all together and iron set, I'll probably spend maybe 2500 You know what I'm saying? God, but a lot, damn, of-, of, course, that's a a lot, lot of black families
0: show. don't have it. I know. Hell,
4: yeah, yeah no. A lot of black families don't have it. So, they price is at the game on purpose, you know what I'm saying? So, just growing up, when I would go to different, like, country clubs, especially... I would always get that look, like, "What are you doing here?" It would make me feel very, very uncomfortable, and it would mess with my confidence too. So it's like, man, like, maybe I should just stop playing and just play something else, or just not do any sports at all, you know? So you just feel, you just feel the energy that that they really don't want you there. And
3: so, what kept you going whenever you was feeling like that? What kept you going enough to where you was able to get a scholarship from this.
4: Well, for one, I thought about all the sacrifices that my folks made to make sure that I still play golf. So I was like, okay, I got to keep going. I can't let them down. And um, once I started, like, working my first job, I was spending my own money on it. So I was like, I'm going to keep going. And I actually enjoy playing golf because it's different. Mm -hmm. It's not like competitive team sport. sport. We don't have – yeah, it's just you, you playing against the course. You don't have no referee out there. So it makes you hold yourself accountable. It teaches you patience. And it taught me that you have to get over stuff quickly because I used to had a thing where if I had a bad shot, it would affect my whole round, and you can't let it do that. If you hit a bad shot, you just gotta let it go and you gotta move on to the next to the next shot. So it taught me perseverance. You know what I'm saying? Playing the game of golf and everything ain't gonna, it's not gonna go your way, and no one day of golf is the same. So like I can go out today, and it might be windy but I go out tomorrow and there might be no wind, but it might be really hot. And whenever it's really hot, that's the best time to play because your ball travels farther in the heat versus when you play when it's cold, the ball doesn't travel as far. So you just got to know how to make those adjustments on a day to day. But that's really what kept me going and um, realizing that it would be easy for me to get a scholarship playing golf because black girls don't play golf. So like I can easily get a scholarship, you know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> I think my mom reached out to TSU, and um, the coach at the time came down to see me in Birmingham. It was cold too; it was like 30 degrees that day. He came down to see me, and I went to the driving range and I hit a couple shots for him. He was like, "He liked what he saw," and then I got an offer letter like two weeks later. And um, I did my four years at TSU. And that was it. What's up? Yeah, hey, out and I to played through high school too. Like my high school, my high school didn't even have a women's golf team, so I had to play with the guys. So. that was different (laughs) that was different (laughs) I think it made me better though because I couldn't play from the women's tees I had to play farther back we call it in golf we call it from the tips so that's from the tee that's farthest away from the hole so that made me a lot better you know not having that advantage of playing from the ladies tees so it made me better
0: so, my, we're going to go ahead. We're going to pivot to the last segment of the show. So, we want to go into what's on your timeline. So, what's something that you've seen on social media that you just, you know, want to speak on?
4: The Gucci and Jeezy battle. <laughs> the verses.
0: <laughs> Let's go.
4: <laughs>
0: Big moment for the so, culture.
4: Right. So, that's been all of me down my timeline. Like, okay, so, for the people that don't know, Gucci is originally from Bessemer, Alabama, which is. Hmm. a city outright outside of Birmingham now he doesn't lot. claim <laughs> he doesn't claim Birmingham or Decima I think he talked about it in his book I'm gonna get his book and read it but he don't claim Birmingham at all of course he claims East Atlanta and I think he probably really does it for maybe marketing purposes because it just Birmingham ain't no city that you just want to be proud to be from if you're an artist maybe so Atlanta is just more marketable for music. But anyway, not to get off on business stuff. But so a lot of people from Birmingham were saying, oh, I mean, Gucci gonna win, blah, 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 because all his hood classes and how I used to be in the clubs down here when he was hot. So I was like, yeah, but Jeezy just made better songs and he made better albums. And Gucci didn't
3: That's
0: do that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, Gucci man cool, but like yeah. I know like when it come to his music, his approach to music, I never was the biggest fan of his approach to that whole.
3: Yeah. I'm
0: gonna make a bunch of tracks and just put them out, put them out, put them right. out. Like, there's no real quality control on that.
4: hmm
0: And then he exactly. really was Jesus trying to diss Easy too. I mean, of
4: course, yeah. yeah. I knew he was gonna be petty. That was really the only reason I watched it for. I'm really more familiar with Jesus catalog than Gucci's. They play Gucci a lot, like my freshman year in college. But when, because that's when Bricks was out back in 08. So yeah. So they was heavy on Gucci at that point. But, like, Jeezy actually made good albums. And Jeezy didn't even play, like, a lot of big songs like Super Freak. He didn't even play that. And he still was playing on that one. <laughs> Me too. I was like, oh, I hope we play that song. But, but, yeah, that's what's still on my timeline now. People are arguing, like, oh, Gucci won, no, Jeezy won. And then when Jeezy brought up, the he owned half of Atlanta. You know, LLC Twitter went crazy over that, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I like that moment
0: just because like mm-hmm. what it ended up leading to with the whole just the idea of me when it comes to like with rap, that whole culture of you know materialism. We yeah. we in here, we buying chains, we measuring our work with bling and these brands mm-hmm. and all this shit to like okay, look, I'm an OG now. That shit was cool when I was 20, but I'm trying to talk about something different. I'm trying yeah. to Talk about these different things because, like, that's the message that we on. And, like, that's the thing we really like to see out of that, the hip-hop community, like, that change. Mm-hmm. Right? Because to me, like, you just look at our music. What's pushed out the most is not the most beneficial to us. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say...
1: This is ludicrous.
0: But that won't fix your
3: home. That will only get you
0: the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right.
3: You can file a claim on the app or call us.
4: Thanks, Mr. Chris.
3: No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor,
4: State Farm is there.
3: State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Exactly.
4: Not at all. And that's on purpose, too. We all know that, you know, so. I appreciate the rappers that do talk about building wealth, like, you know, Recipes, Nipsey Hustle, other rappers like Rick Ross that talk about stuff. And Jay-Z, you know, he gave out plenty of free game, you know what I'm saying, well, ten nine ninety nine game on, <laughs> on 444. So, yeah, we got those rappers out there to talk about it. Yep. Yeah. Hey,
2: man, I thought that was a good battle.
4: <laughs> but only
2: because <laughs> of the good. fact that yeah. I, like, I don't know. I, overall, in like a general sense, because mm-hmm. you know, I'm here with Black Renaissance, I do agree. You know what I'm saying? I'm happy to see, you know, Jeezy has elevated yeah. and matured. But at the mm-hmm. same time, the- I do just want to put out that backstory. I should definitely <laughs> understand Gucci being petty, considering the fact that Jeezy tried to get him killed, allegedly. So yeah. <laughs> with that being said,
4: I can understand the petty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I-, I definitely expect him to do that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I heard so many songs that I had never heard before. It was mm-hmm. all this is to, to Jeezy. I was unaware of this beef, but hey.
4: Yeah, see, they played it all in Birmingham. Like, all his beef records, that was big here. Like, that's how they played back when it was, you know, a thing. So, yeah. So you heard the Truth record for the first time?
0: Yeah. I was all that wow. for the
4: first time. That was I- your first
0: time hearing it? Wow. Yeah, man. You yeah. calling him Lil' Jeezy and all this shit? I ain't never heard none mm-hmm. of that shit, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that whole thing, put your partner in the... Oh, man. <laughs> that was some crazy shit, man. That was some crazy shit. But, uh, so, my, I want to say thank you so much for coming onto the podcast with us. This has definitely been a great conversation. Real good things we talked about it here. So, can you please plug the people in, like, where they can find you on social media and, like, just mm-hmm. all your stuff, like, where they could buy 24-7 watches if they want to learn anything from you. Just, yeah.
4: Okay, so, my... Business Instagram is 24-7 Watches. So it's T W E N T Y then 4-7 Watches. It's also on my website, 24watches.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. For my personal page, it's at Bite Size Maya on Twitter and Instagram. Maya is spelled N-Y-A, so Bite Size Maya on Twitter and Instagram. Most of my content is talking about ways to make money. Every now and then I talk about music, you know, things like that. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's where you can find me. Um, any watch that you order from me, I'll remove the links for you. I get it to you within two days at least. And um, that's it. And I appreciate y'all for having me on.
0: We appreciate you for coming on. This, this has been great. <laughs> so, everybody, before we wrap this thing up, we're going to hop into a couple of housekeeping and items. As always, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We genuinely appreciate and love y'all for the support. Y'all make sure y'all tap in and let us know how y'all feeling. Make also Jerry, can you let the people know about credit fundamentals?
2: Man, please can y'all go check out our new course uh Credit Fundamentals 101. Put a lot of effort into it. It's just going through all the basics of credit, your fundamentals. How do you find your score? How do you figure out how it works? How do you get it better? How do you dispute things? It's just a ton of information and a ton of value in there. Uh, y'all go check it out. The link is going to be in the description, and we got it also on the Instagram as well as the Facebook and everywhere else. Just go check that out. If you have any issues with your credit, you don't have above a seven hundred score, I need you in that ASAP. Right now, <laughs> yes, <indeed. laughs>
0: y'all. So, like we said, we love y'all. jayla you got anything? Nope, driving man. All right.
2: Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I got to get my oh, people oh. their shout out. Dang. Hold on. Almost forgot. <laughs> you almost <laughs> left my people out. Hold on. I need to give a, a big shout out to Jab HK. This is why I listen to you guys. Episode 3 was, guys, say the best one we get. Thank you man, for the hard work that you put into each and every episode. Keep going hard. And the last review we got, Miss Alley29. I came across y'all podcast one day just looking for something different in the growth of my mindset and generational wealth. Y'all keep doing your thing. I love it. She's from Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Eddie. So hey. we need to just give a shout out to everybody coming on the uh, podcast. Subscribe. Thank y'all.
0: Yes, indeed. Like as always, we love y'all. Y'all do that. Well, with that said, y'all, this is David, Black From of Sun, signing out.
3: Peace. Peace. Church. I got money on my mind. I'm just
0: trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper,
4: all I know is broad money marathon.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or UbrosiaPan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. ubrel treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take ubrel with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness. My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from ubrel it can help someone else. Ask your doctor about ubrel the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at UbrelV.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by AppV. When something happens
3: to your kitchen, you might say,
1: This is ludicrous.
3: But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be
0: alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right.
3: You can file a claim on the app or call us.
1: Thanks, Mr. Chris.
3: No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.